I got friends only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I've been reading all the work. And welcome to Put That Coffee Down, the Freight Sells Show for Closers. My name's Kevin Hill. I'm your host, as always, here as we discuss sales in freight. And we're going to talk about some paradoxes today. Um, some internal contradictions, external contradictions when it comes to, to life in sales. It's going to be fun. I have my former co-host uh, to Put That Coffee Down. Richie Daigle on the show today, and we are going uh, to to talk about that. We're also going to talk a little bit about Chat GPT, maybe how you can use it in your sales game, maybe how you shouldn't use it in your sales game. I know that's, that's dominating the headlines right now, AI, and uh, a lot of questions out there. So we're going to answer a few of those for you. But let's get it kicked off right now. Let's bring Richie on to the show. How are you doing today? Good to see you been a little while it's always good to see you i know it has been a little while and it's, it's great to see you i think we did a podcast a few months ago an audio only that you can find and subscribe to just go to put that coffee down or freightcast and you can do that uh we talked a little bit about life we always talk a little bit about life a little bit about philosophy when we get together and um we've been fascinated with paradoxes over the last uh you know last few months so we're going to talk a little bit about paradoxes but let's start it off with baseball. It's summer. It's, it's baseball season. You have a new rule instituted in the major leagues this year, and it's the pitch clock. You use pitch in the minor leagues. And uh, what are your thoughts, number one, on the pitch clock? Number two, on can we make an analogy for sales with it? So, oh, man, uh, we, we could we could chat about this all, all on its own and, and probably take up all the time. But I'm conflicted. I think on on one hand, I understand it. I'll probably watch more baseball because of it. It's going to improve viewership. It's going to reduce friction and all of these things. Um, let's see. Hopefully, I didn't go away. You didn't go away. You're still there, Richie. Okay. Gotcha. I'm. I'm. Uh. Sorry. It's been a little while, Kevin. Um. But yeah. So I, I think like on. On uh on on those fronts, like I get it. Philosophically, I don't like it. And as a pitcher, I wouldn't have liked it either because I was a slow, methodical pit. I was not fun to watch pitch. I would overthink things, or you know, my coaches were always telling me you got to pick up the pace and this sort of thing. So I know that I would have struggled with it. Um, but I think it takes away from the ebb and the flow of the game. I think baseball, when you view it, and, and I wrote an article about this. Um, when you go to a game the boredom is like an important component and like that, like that downtime and that dead time comes and goes with like the drama and the, like the, the game, like there's moments where it naturally moves fast. There's moments where it naturally moves slow and for good reason. And I, I think the game loses some of that feel and drama with, with the pitch clock. It just kind of makes it all sterile and kind of standardizes everything, which which I don't love. One of the, 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 the great things about going and seeing a baseball game, and it, it differs from, from any other sports, it differentiates itself, is that you have time to talk and converse with whoever you're going with, right? So it's a great for, it's a great sales meeting uh, venue, right? Because you can have an entire discussion, you can relax, and you can watch great action. Um, 
I, I think you're right with pitch clock. It, it kind of condenses that so you don't get to talk about the plays, right? Because it's, it's just, it's moving right along. Though, when you're sitting in your living room, it's a much more pleasant experience because the game it goes on. So if we tie this back into cells as well, is like, yeah, sometimes you need that pitch clock to keep focus, to, to keep focus, keep uh, keep up with your activity, and to have a well a more focused approach. Um, whereas if you don't have a pitch clock, you can find a thousand other things to think about or do before you pick up the phone. Right? You can be a, a slow, overthinking pitcher, like yourself, or you can be focused and um, and oftentimes that that leads to you throwing more strikes, whether it's in cells or baseball, whatever it is. The counter to that, and to, to play into paradox just a little bit, is that pitch clock is going to be increasing the speed. You're, inc- you're increasing the velocity of the game. That's what you're doing. When you do that in sales, there's pros and cons to that. Maybe you get more predictability. Maybe you get faster sales. Maybe your deal size goes down. Maybe you miss out on bigger opportunities because you're moving quicker than you should be. Like, there's a lot of truth to slow down to go fast. And if, if you're having a pitch clock, you don't have that, that ability, right? So, um, just to play devil's advocate to you a little bit, Kevin, like, I, there's, there's, uh, that's all what you do with that. It always brings me back to the quote, and I, I can't think of it exactly, but. It's always attributed to Abraham Lincoln. If you're going to chop down a tree, how would you do it? And he says, the the quote is something like, I spend 95% of my time sharpening the axe and 5% of the time cutting it, right? So that's that's a way to slow down the the, the fast, uh, you know. And when you think about it, when when you're you're fishing large fish, you know, it takes time. It takes time to reel those blue marlins in, right? And if you're going crappie fishing, it's quick and you know quick and you just flip the rod and they come up yeah and, and like in chess you know they they tell you know emerging chess prodigies don't play speed chess stay far away from speed chess uh stay far away from those one minute games and those two minute blitz games and stuff like that like you want to spend your time thinking 20 moves ahead 50 moves ahead and you, you can't do that well when you're when you're on a real tight clock so there's I think it's important to know the game you're playing, know know the sales cycle that you're involved in, and know to to you know how uh, how a clock and time impacts that. You know, if you're in transactional sales, you, you don't want to drag it out. No one's going to love that. Everyone's going to be like, "I just want to buy a cookie." Why is this guy wanting to ask me about all the ingredients and all these other things? Like, just give me a freaking cookie, you know? Like. And the the flip side, you know, like if you're if you're in enterprise or like consultative sales, um, you don't just want to be trying to shove cookies on people, you know. Like, there's you got to know the game you're playing and and what makes the most sense. And that's one of the paradoxes we were talking about before the show is, you know, it's self awareness versus complacency. But but often it's it's really really then you have to know the rules of the game that you're playing. You have to know the reality that you're in to be able to to be self-aware to, to to know know your surroundings what you're doing and then improve off of that if you if you're not tied into your reality or the rules of the game or the pitch clock then the um the, the steps that you take are often going to be wrong if you can't identify where you're at right now yeah and i was thinking about this um 
I think that there's, and I could be off base here. I just put this together. I'm, I'm no like big expert here, but I think there's various stages of the sales career journey. You know, you, you have the first stage where you're new to sales and you're full of energy, you know, ready to go put in, like you want to grind, you don't know anything, but like, you're going to make all the phone calls. You're going to meet with as many people. You just have all that energy. Um, and then you kind of move into the second stage, which you start refining your process. You start saying, okay, this, this didn't work. Uh, you know, triple calling people back to back to back isn't a great thing. They're not really all that pleased with me when they answer, you know, like you, you kind of learn these things through experience to start refining your craft. And then you move on to maybe what I would call the third stage, which is like performance enhancement and efficiency. Okay. Now I'm going to start to really understand people. I'm going to understand how to do my job effectively and efficiently. I'm going to learn how to perform consistently. Um, and I think like that is most people move through those three stages and kind of get stuck at that third stage where they, maybe they even master that third stage. Um, and I think moving on to the next stage, which is the most challenging is when you start doing, you know, inner work and you start saying, okay, what, what am I doing here? You know, why you start asking these midlife crisis questions, right? Like, Hey, I've, I've, I got the, the financial stability I was looking for. I've achieved the goals that I set out to achieve. I've done a lot of these things and I still feel like something is not right, where I still feel this need to grind and do more and it's starting to impact my personal life. Um, and now, now there's this paradox that comes into play where, you know, learning to accept yourself with, with all of your faults as you are being the first step to moving anywhere beyond that or, or, you know, getting better beyond that. And so, um, that's what something I've become fascinated with as of late, like, you know, what that looks like. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, people and, and I know people as well, that have had these amazing careers, but then their personal lives are just a wreck, you know, and, and like, how does that happen? <laughs> like, like this, the whole point of our career is to have a good total life, not just career life, but, um, what, what is the thing that's, that's, where's that wedge? Where's that coming from? Is work becoming some sort of addiction? or some sort of avoidance of the hard things in life. Um, yeah. So that, I think uh, there, there's a lot to say there, but uh, yeah, that's where my head's been recently. There's a lot to say there, right? And um, and I checked out the, the Tim Ferriss podcast that, that you, you recommended but before the show and, you know, they were struggling uh, on, on that to, to come up with any answers to, to what that paradox is. And I guess that's what really makes it a, a paradox, right? Is that it, it's tough, you know, though there's a lot of contradictions in there. Um, but, but I like the, the midlife crisis or the, the mid career crisis is, is what it really is. And you can hit that when you're 25 or 55, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, you, you get to the point where, you know, you, you don't, I don't want to say you don't want to grind every day, but you don't want to grind the same way you did when you're first starting out every day and it takes a, a lot of planning and, and going to that fourth stage is well worth it. Right. Um, but it is the most difficult. And I think you have to recognize like what stage you're in and like, that's kind of the first awareness, like, where are you? And, and there's, don't be in a hurry to get to the next stage. You're like these things are going to take their time. There, there isn't a cheat code here. There's not a pitch clock here for moving through all of this. These are experiences that have to be lived. 
um, that being said, you can still start some of this inner work early and start, you know, starting to look inside and, and what sets you off. And um, I think a good place to start is like, what asking yourself the question, like, what's what's driving that unhappiness? Like, what's making me unhappy? Is it is it that I haven't hit the numbers and I feel like I have something to prove? Or is it that I have and I still feel this way? And I, I think that type of question and awareness can help you understand kind of where you're at. And, um, that's a first step. But uh, there's no like firm answers here. There's not like an, a, an equation or some sort of, you know, this is the way to move from point A to point B. It's just this seems to be how things flow. <laughs> and, Are you saying I, I can't call up Percy Daigle and get the philosopher to tell me exactly what to do? No, if anybody ever tells you exactly what to do, like you should be weary of what they're telling you to do. <laughs> like I feel like there's so much better. Um, so it's it's more of you know anytime somebody says like follow this and you're going to have some sort of pant like you know utopia moment or you're you're guaranteed to achieve the greatest success if you just do X Y Z or I immediately check out. Because like there is there is no utopia, right? Like there is like as soon as someone promises utopia, I know that they're full of it. <laughs> it's like that's not a thing. Like you have to let that go and understand that there's better, but there is no best, so to speak. So uh, there's better, there's no best. Um, I, I I've been reading a book or listening to a book uh, called Turning Pro, and it was it was a recommendation from some article about you know alternative books to to, to read. Or for motivation or whatever, and uh, and the, the whole thesis of the book, and it, it makes sense, right? Is that we're unhappiest when we we're living like amateurs, and we're happiest when we're we're living like pros, right? Uh, and it's called Turning Pro. I, I can't think of the, the the author's name right now, but it's called Turning Pro. Audiobooks. It's only about two hours. Uh, I just started it yesterday, um, about halfway through it, and it, it just makes a lot of sense. It's, it's that that continuing education it is that the investigation of not only yourself but um everything that you do right if, if you take it serious if you take it like a pro um and if you do the activity that you know if, if you think you're a professional and, and you're doing that um it's, it's a much better outcome than uh if you're scrambled and chaotic and and acting like an amateur which we see in cells all the time right it is that that one profession that should be continuous education uh, throughout every single day. Um, just just like a lawyer or a doctor or engineer or a college professor who is is constantly reading, keeping up on their their, their trade, you, you find that sales is often thought of as a, a vocation or just a job, right? And if you make one sell or if you have one good quarter or one good year, you know how to you know how to do sales. I, I don't need anyone to teach me how to do sales, right? And and you find that attitude uh, a lot. Um, but but it's well worth reading the the, the book. Is it's nice and short? I, I think in in the the print form, it's only about 120, 130 pages. Yeah, and it's like there there's this another paradox, you know, like between like confidence and um and what 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 would you say like almost like a lack of I can't think of the right word but like a, a hesitancy to be overconfident right or a, a humility where you, you know, know like somebody that comes up syndrome almost right yeah there's like Dunning Kruger syndrome and imposter syndrome and I think it's easy to be a pendulum between the two <laughs> to be like just kind of swinging from one side to the other 
Um, and, and so, uh, I, I think happiness is something that's kind of like, I like Viktor Frankl's take on it where he's like, you can't pursue it. If you try to be happy and pursue it, it's a mirage. It's always out of your grasp. Mm-hmm. It's something that ensues. It happens to you precisely when you forget to think about it. So when your focus is on another person or another project, something outside of yourself, you're creating an environment for happiness to happen to you, to ensue. Um, and so I think that we can get stuck as salespeople in this drive to, I just got to get the next big thing. I got to get the, this is the thing that's going to complete, make me feel like I've mastered everything. If I just do X, if I just hit this number, if I just get here and here, and you're kind of creating this environment where you can start beating yourself up if you don't hit these things, or if you fall a little bit short, or if you you know, make a mistake here or there. And now like you've kind of created this vicious thing where like you're, you know, if you hit it, you feel like you're just doing the minimum. If you don't hit it, you feel like there's something wrong and you just kind of get stuck in this cycle. And I feel like a lot of people can get stuck in that. Um, and the irony is, and the, the paradox is to get out of that space, you have to just accept yourself with all your faults as you are. And only then can you kind of create that environment to where you can start making those changes and improving <clears throat> and, uh, and, and truly making like lasting, getting better in a way that sticks, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, you don't want to focus on the outcome. You want to focus on the process. And if you focus on the process, if you enjoy the process, if you can't wait to get up uh, every day to, to work on that process, that, I mean, then. I, that's a big key to happiness, right? Is is enjoying that. If you're too focused on the outcome, and the the, the world revolves around that, and you know your happiness depends on those outcomes, you're always going to be disappointed. Hundred percent. Yeah. And if you're always enjoying the process, you're enjoying regardless of the outcome. You're having a good time. And there's pressures, and there's there's ebbs and flows, and there's good times and bad times. But yeah, that you stay your constant. That is the process. You get, keep getting better, so those outcomes become more predictable, more irregular, which is 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 the ultimate goal anyway, right? Um, but you just don't focus on that goal. You focus on the process, laying the foundation, doing that correctly, and with the 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 most skill that you can bring to the table, the outcomes will come. You, you don't have to worry about that, and that's something you can't control anyway. You can only control how you're doing in the process, and by yeah, like- only worrying about what you can control makes you a little bit more happier right and i've I've been reading some so stoicism lately as well and that's that's a key tenet of that is worry about what you can control and don't worry don't think about what you can't control um because there's nothing you can do about it anyway so why worry about it yeah and i think that we should be grateful and thankful for the highs and the lows in life because like the the tough times that you face in sales like if you just went out there and crushed it all the time it would get boring right i mean it would be you want some drama, you know, the yeah. drama is good. Like this is the, uh, you want to have some faults. You want to be, you have some limit. You want to yeah, have a story. Like, you, that, you have to have the highs and lows to, to have a great story. You can't just have all the highs and, and, and be interesting. But I think that awareness makes a lot of sense, right? So like when you can yeah. be aware of where you're at, the game that you're playing, where you're at in your journey, what things that you want to focus on and the type of work that you need to do internally and externally, um, 
that's that's the the starting point for everything is is just that awareness. It is. We got about five minutes left. We I I, I promised we'd talk about Chat GPT and kind of uh, our thoughts and and how to use it. So so let's wrap up the show here. Uh, the, the the final stretch with that. What are your initial thoughts on using Chat GPT for sales? Oh man, it's a, it's hard to sum this up in five minutes, Kevin, or, or even less. I think. Again, it's it's currently being positioned as a utopia or a like the the wonder thing that can solve all your problems, you know, complete and whole and amazing and all these things and make you a better salesperson and more efficient and more like it's a tool. At the end of the day, it's a tool and there's limitations to that tool and that tool can be wrong sometimes and it can be helpful for some things. And I think you have to look at it and say, here's where it can work. Here's where it can be useful. And here's where it's limited and what it, where we can't trust it, uh, as opposed to just going all in on it. I think also another thing that can be you know, aware of is that it sucks up huge amounts of energy, like massive amounts of energy to use this stuff. Same thing with like Bitcoin and all that. So like if you have sustainability concerns within your organization, need to think about that because you might be erasing a lot of those green, you know, credits just by, by typing stuff into chat GPT. So I'm a little skeptical of it. I think there's a place for it. I I'm old school in a lot of things, not to the point where I'm still using a cassette tape player, but like not far off sometimes. So I like, you know, the, the human component. I don't think anything is, you know, we're not in a place where we're humans, uh, that the humanity that, that, exists in sales and business is going to be replaced. I think it's a, more important than ever right now. I, I, I do too. I, I think uh, it has a spot right now. I, I think, you know, normal communication, being able to automate that, you know, where the load is or, you know, the, the status of the pickup, uh, things with uh, just really basic information. I, I thought we already had tools for that anyway in, in freight and in automation. So I don't know where chat GPT uh, really comes in ads as anything more, I think for cold outreach for actually sales emails, I'd be very cautious of it. Um, just because you kind of need a little bit of human flair uh, to that. Um, I don't know how well it customizes, but I, I I like to write my own communications anyway. What I am doing is I'm, I'm writing. I probably have thirty blog posts I've written um, with ChatGPT. I haven't published them yet, but. I am in bulk here in the next few weeks and, you know, I'll go in and tinker with, with each of the articles, kind of put my own little spin on it, but it is, it's helped on, on that front. Now, whether that I'll see any results, I don't know, but you know what? I'm just delved into the process, experimenting, seeing if it works or not. And I can, you know, whatever the outcome is, I can accept it. Because it's just a bet that I'm, I'm putting down saying, well, you know what, this might work, it might not. And I'm fine with, with whatever happens at the end of the day. Um, I hope it works. Um, but, but we'll see. And, and uh, here in the next few months, I'll be able to, uh, to tell everybody if it does or not. Keep me posted. I want to know. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious to see how it works. I will. Well, There's some higher works. order things that I've seen people do on chat GPT that is just not just writing, but organizing information and things like that, that is really interesting. And I think it, it would probably serves some purposes. Um, uh, maybe not in strictly sales. I think if you type in, give me a brief summary of company X, it does a really good job of giving you a good summary of that. 
Mm-hmm. Now, does it give you the details you need to, to, to actually make the sell and, and stop your research right there? No, not at all. But it gives you a, a good template to, to go in and as a beginning phase one, stage one uh, research of, of where I need to go look for further information. I think it does a pretty good job for, for that for most companies. Yeah, it sounds like it could be a good starting point, but be wary of the black box problem. I know, right? And and we'll have to do another podcast to just talk about the black box uh, problem because we are running out of time. Richie, thanks as always for joining me on the show. Always good to be here. Uh, yeah, if anybody has any questions, uh, you can get me at richie.daigle at com. And all about awareness these days, whether it's personal or shipment. Uh, so yeah, thanks for having me on. Kevin, it's always good chatting with you. You got it. Thanks, Richie. And there's Rishi Daigle. He is the uh, Enterprise Account Executive over at Tive and former co-host here at Put That Coffee Down. That's going to wrap it for this episode. But you can catch us uh, you know, on Freightcast or Put That Coffee Down wherever you download podcasts or right here on Freightwaves TV, 12 p.m. Eastern Time every Tuesday. I got friends only want to talk business. I got expensive to win and expensive. I got expensive to win and expensive. I've been getting out of work. And I've been shutting out the stars.